Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Okay, it is time again for the Marriage Mentor Podcast. My name is Eric Engel with my beautiful, fantastically talented wife, Jolene Engel. <laughs> that doesn't matter. She laughs every time I say that, but I still love saying it. So what do we, what do we got going on today? We have a message from a gal um, talking about what she should do in her marriage in regards to how she feels. And um, we're going to... What do you mean in regards to how she feels? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the message. Okay. And we'll find out. Okay. Okay. Hello, this is Sue from Oregon. Could you please differentiate between normal marriage conflict and emotional abuse? My husband of 18 years says he is a Christian, but is anti-religion and therefore does not attend my non-denominational church with me. We have two grown children that do not live with us. I'm desperately trying to find clarity in my life. The strong, outgoing individual that I once was has all but withered away. To have a somewhat peaceful home, I've had to give up most anything that doesn't directly involve my husband or align with what his future goals are for us. The way this reality became our life has been very painful for me. I have never seen myself as a victim, nor do I want to. My closest friends say I am, and honestly, I feel that way too. I can truthfully say I've become a doormat to avoid conflict. I've had to agree to financial dealings and interactions with others I don't agree with. His insecurity and my natural outgoing nature only make it worse. He has threatened me many times with divorce for over 10 years and even removes his wedding ring to make the point. He has never physically hit me, but many times I wished he would instead of enduring his rants. I'm far from faultless and can name several ways I've fallen short as a wife and business partner. But emotionally, I'm drained. I'm not even sure who I am anymore. Honestly, my heart has grown quite hard towards him. How do I determine how much of this is my fault versus an abusive relationship? How do I know what God wants for me from this relationship? So lots of stuff going on in that that woman's message. This, is a, this whole grab bag of topics, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot. So, um... You know, as I listened, my heart just broke for her because it's a one-sided relationship and it's very convenient for him. Oh, how nice. I mean, he's got the benefits of marriage without any of the responsibilities, like he's living like a bachelor. Did she say he's a believer? Well, she said he, he says he is. He says he's a believer, but he's anti-religion. Right. Isn't that convenient? And and by the way, no one is anti-religion. They're religious about something. Right. And, And many times they're their own God. Right. But they are religious about whatever it is, whoever they follow or whatever they follow, even if it's themselves. Right. So it's easy to say, oh, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to follow the things of the Bible. Right. Like a lot of people in America do that. And we wonder why America is in the state that it's in. But anyways, <laughs> that's a different podcast. So back to this wife. Um, how does she differentiate between normal marriage conflict and emotional abuse? You know, because she's been married for a long time. I would say flat out, oh yeah, she's in a she's in an emotionally abusive marriage. Okay, um, because a biblical wife, a wife who respects and submits to her husband, should never, ever, ever feel like a doormat. Okay, they they don't go together. Well, and, and it sounds like she took that position to keep peace. 
which right. I understand. I understand her trying to do that, but uh, you don't always need to keep peace. It doesn't mean you're contending, but you don't always have to keep peace. I remember there's a time in the Bible where Jesus pulled out a whip and turned over some tables. Right. right? He wasn't keeping peace. That's right. And so, so here's... I mean, go through it again, because I didn't, I mean, just tell me a little bit more about what you heard. I didn't, I didn't catch the whole thing. Well, she needed to know the difference between normal marital conflicts and an emotionally abusive marriage, because this is all she knows. This marriage is all she knows. Him taking off his wedding ring garbage. Oh, man, he's been doing that for 10 years. I'm like, feel free to take it off and feel free to walk out the front door. Okay, so Because then I'm at peace. <laughs> let, let's say I take off that, my... That's an emotional tantrum. That's emotional manipulation and, and, and almost like some spiritual blackmail. Okay? It's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. Okay, that's not right. So it, how, does, how does a girl deal with that? Let's say, let's say that I, uh, I throw my little tantrum and I take off my ring and say, well, uh, I, I don't know what he's saying, but... Uh, you know, this is a threat of me leaving, and and uh, if you don't shape up or do what I want, then <laughs> then you better, you, you better, you know. I better jump as high as you'd like me to. Uh, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm God's daughter first before I'm your wife, and you don't get to treat me like that because I'm a woman of strength and dignity. That is the woman in Proverbs, Proverbs 31. Yes, she gives her husband honor and respect, but she is clothed with strength and dignity. Okay, and many times um, biblical submission for a wife is misunderstood and it's misconstrued to where it just means that we're just the little little woman at home getting our orders from our husband, however he treats us. Well, that's what you are. You're my little woman at home that just does everything I tell you to do. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because the, here, here's the sad thing is this is all this wife knows. And she said, I don't. I don't play the victim. I don't I don't want to be that person, but she's lost herself. Okay? And she's doing the only thing she knows right. to try to hold the thing together. Right. And by the way, here I think here's one of the major problems with that is that it's not her responsibility to hold it together. Right. He's responsible for his own sin. Now, I did really appreciate her saying, okay, well, I wasn't perfect. And no wife is. Okay. And and every listener needs to hear that. No wife and no husband is perfect. Okay, well, that's but but wait a second. That's why we have God's grace. Okay, I that's why. But there's a huge difference between being perfect and and being normal. I mean, everyone sins, right? right. Or I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There's a big difference between sinning, like everyone does, and being a total. Uh, and my term is a male donkey. Okay, if if you understand well, the term. Well, here's what it comes I mean, down to. He's unrepentant, okay? Because grace is for the repentant. This man is not repentant. He sees nothing wrong with his behavior. He, he stomps all over his wife. His wife feels like there's nothing left of her, which if a wife feels that way in a marriage, there's emotional abuse going on. Well, and he doesn't care. Right, right. Okay? Because and, and he's going to keep doing it as long as she's going to let him. Yes, and that is the key right there. The key right there is changing the culture and the spirit of what's taking place in the marriage because there's no way that you would be able to come home and like tell me this stuff that I would put up with any of it. Okay, so what's the difference between a wife contending 
and a wife standing up for herself. Well, I don't have to um, be nasty towards you and demean you and um, manipulate you and have a critical spirit towards you. I could just say, that's not going to work for me. Okay? If you want me to do something that I think is contrary to scripture, because again, biblical submission is me submitting to you, but not your sin. Okay? Me following you and following your lead is me submitting to things that are not outside of God's will. Which is a a great point. Well, but here's the other thing that I need to say is, if a wife does not trust her husband because he's done things to where she she feels fearful. Right. I mean this this woman has lost all sense of who she is. Well, and but she is submitting to his sin. Right. Which is where she went wrong. But she and yes. She's and, and by the way, I'm not faulting her. She's trying to do what's right, but it's it's turned sideways and she's actually ended up submitting to a sin which just perpetuates his yes. sin he just gets away with it he goes hey uh, right. i own this gal and right. i can do whatever i want right and and unfortunately we see a lot of that because as wives biblical wives we we don't have enough um models of what is healthy what does a healthy biblical marriage look like okay we don't see enough of that for us to know, oh, I walk this way. This is how I follow Christ and my husband in this way. Now, I don't have a husband who's taking advantage of me, who's emotionally manipulating me or spiritually abusing his headship. Okay. Now, you're imperfect. That doesn't mean that you couldn't have tried well, you, over. You were on a great roll until you said I was <laughs> imperfect. I... Right. But th- those would be a very natural path. That would be a very natural path for you to take in your dominant personality if you were left to your sin and if you didn't allow the Holy Spirit to convict you and if I didn't speak up. You could easily head down that path. Do you okay? really need to speak up? Right. Okay. So I'm a dominant personality, so I naturally speak up. A passive personality, a wife with a passive personality, she's more prone to keep the peace. Okay. She's, that's just, she doesn't like confrontation. Okay. So she will naturally keep the peace. And sometimes you're keeping the peace at all costs and that's costing you who you are as a person. And that's not how Jesus intended it to be. Well, so bottom line is uh, if she can manage it, if he takes off his ring and, and says, well, then maybe we should get a divorce, she should probably look at him, point to the door and say, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, help yourself out the door. <laughs> well, because he's never been held accountable. He, he, Matthew 18, 15 is designed, it's church discipline. If your brother has offended you, has sinned against you, you go to him. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this wife has gone to him in the past I'm assuming that she has, and he has basically said, too bad, so sad, I don't really care how you feel because it's all about me, 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 me. Well, here's the deal. He's he's taking this threat and pointing it at her like it's a loaded gun, okay? And she's like, oh, no, don't, don't do that, okay? So what would you really do if someone pulled out a loaded gun and pointed it at you? Uh, well, I call the police. You I'd call run. Pol- you take action. Right. You right. wouldn't just say, "Oh, don't point that right. at me. Let me make it all better." Right. No, you'd you'd get them out of the house. But okay? but the man seems like like a narcissist to where he's. It's just it's all about him. It's his future goals. It's his ways. Well, I don't. I'm okay. not doing any church religion. So there's zero accountability for him. Well, okay? bottom line is he's not a believer. 
Right. Okay. Just because a husband or a wife says, yes, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus and all that. That, that means nothing because the Bible says we'll know, we'll know them by their fruits. Mm-hmm. Right. This guy's got rotten fruit. It stinks. Well, in Ephesians 5, 28 and 29 say, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. But he who loves his wife, he who loves his his wife loves himself for no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. This man is not nourishing and cherishing his wife. If he was, she would blossom. She'd blossom as a woman. She would not feel like she's being trampled upon like a doormat. Now, let me go back to the question that she, that she asked, you know, did I do something? You know, I wasn't perfect. I love the fact that she's examining her own heart because she can only control her. She can only change her. Okay. If this man is constantly operating out of an, an emotional abusive place, yes, she has to protect herself. Okay. Well, and in essence, she can challenge him. Oh, okay. Because yes. the only, uh, the only time I would take off my ring is if you took off your ring and set it down and said, Hey, uh, I want a divorce. Then I'd say, okay. If that's what you want, you go do that, okay? But don't don't keep pulling this this garbage and saying it and then not following through. Well, it's a threat. It yeah. is, but but I would stand up, and I think you would agree. You'd stand up to that threat. That doesn't oh, mean that doesn't mean you're pushing them to divorce, but you would stand up to the threat. Well, here's the deal. Anytime you're in a in a relationship where you're in this constant ongoing habit of unhealthy patterns and there's no repentance okay so this man has zero accountability because he won't go to church isn't that convenient okay right so so it she can't really even do the matthew 18 principle unless she brings in a christian friend if he actually has one okay Okay? so we treat him as an unbeliever right because that's that's what the bible says at the very end but for her to say, do you want this marriage? That's the question I would ask him. Not in a heated argument, but just on, on a night when he's not explosive and he's not manipulating. And, and I'd ask him, do you want this marriage? Because, okay. because obviously if he does, then he's got to act a certain way. Yes, some things have to change. And then she has to say, well, this is what I need to to change. This is what I need from you because she has to create this new way of life, this new um, culture in their home of we're not going to keep doing this dance, okay, that we've been doing for the last 10, 15 years. The dance has to change because this is unacceptable. Right. Okay. Now, if he really wants to keep his marriage, he would be wise to say, yes, I would agree. But if it's all about him, he will fight her tooth and nail. He will, yeah. because he wants to remain in his sin state and have it his way. It's either his way or the highway. Well, and, and in essence, without her realizing, she is perpetuating his sin. Yes, she's enabling it. But a lot of times wives don't know that because they're just taught, oh, we'll follow his leading. And, you know, oh, well, we should be at peace with all, with all men as much as possible to be at peace with all men, but not at the expense of you were now like bowing down to your husband because that's what's happening. She's bowing down to him instead of bowing down to Christ. Okay. So, so give a little instruction. How would you 
because in my eyes, you are the ultimate wife. But how, (laughs) don't laugh at that. I think that's good stuff. But how would you respond to this? Uh, I I would start with having a, a conversation, a mild, a very mild conversation. It's not heated. My fists aren't clipped clenched I'm not looking to get into an argument okay I'm coming to you after I've spent time with the Lord after my heart's been right with the Lord after I'm trying to do everything I can to reach you with a spirit of humility and peace okay okay because my nature is not to be peaceful so what if you can't reach me that way well, then I would say then things need to change and I need to go to the church or I need to move out or you need to move out because this can't continue. I'm unwilling to live like this any longer. Okay. And you're not you're not saying get divorced no. necessarily. You're I'm not just, saying that. You're just saying he, he separate. Has, yeah, because he has no accountability and she can't keep staying in that same state because nothing will change. So she's got to create the change. Right. Okay. Which is hard. That's the part, that is the part where most women don't move. They'll get the counsel, but then they won't move because of fear, because their life changes dramatically. Their their comforts are removed. The income is removed. That it's just like, what's going to happen? What are people going to think? So she's in in a spot where there could be all sorts of fear. And fear is not of the Lord. Fear is of the enemy. Okay? Right. Even in this situation. Even in this situation. Okay, but if her creating this change in the marriage wins him over to Christ, mm-hmm. then the question is, is it worth it? Oh, okay? absolutely. Of course it is. Okay, of course. Of course that is. It doesn't matter if he professes to, to be like the best evangelist there is. It goes back to, are there fruits? Well, and, and the Bible says to win him over by her conduct. Right. That doesn't mean be silent. No. Okay. But her conduct, her conduct can be, look, this is not right. I'm not going to live this way. I want to love you. I want to be your wife. But these are some boundaries that we must have just to live as, as human beings, just to live as... Well, and I think that a lot of times wives seem to think that there's that they shouldn't create these personal boundaries, which I don't understand why. I go back to, I'm I'm God's daughter first before I'm your wife. So that implies that there are personal boundaries that a spouse should hold, a husband and wife should hold. Right. That it's just like, I'm not going to allow you to treat me this way. Now, I could say those things and be very respectful while I say them. But a lot of times, for whatever reason those personal boundaries aren't established because you can say look i'm not you can't treat me this way you have a choice you you have a choice if you want to live with me then we need to have these certain standards i mean one standard that uh, we recommend is that you treat your spouse at least as well as you treat a stranger right okay right he wouldn't treat a stranger that way no why is it acceptable to treat the one that he's vowed to love that way right so i wouldn't Again, I love the fact that she wanted to examine her own heart, okay? Because that right there shows, you know, a spiritual maturity that it it takes us a while to say, did I have part in this? Because we have to own our sin. We have to own our stuff. Because she's looking at the log in her own eye before she's 
removing the speck out of her husband's eye, right. which is biblical. Right. That is very biblical, but it's also very biblical to not be a doormat. Okay. And she, he has trampled upon her and that's not acceptable. Right. So, so ultimately being a submissive wife does not mean that you don't have any standards and you don't have any boundaries. Right. right. Okay. And, and, and I think the first thing she needs to understand is she is a daughter of the king. Yeah, okay. you have to step into marriage and remain in marriage from that position. I'm a daughter of the king first before I am your wife or my kid's mom. Because it's from that position where my identity is and where my self-worth is. And then from that strength and that dignity, then that trickles over into being a wife and a mom. And many times the marriage, at least for the woman, she's not holding that position. Okay, so she might think, uh, well, she's turning the other cheek or she's going the extra mile, Mm -hmm. okay? But that has to do with winning over an unbeliever. Right. Okay, and he may be an unbeliever, okay? But it doesn't have to do with taking on abuse, especially if it destroys her witness, if it destroys mm-hmm. her relationship with her kids, if it destroys how the kids are being raised, etc. Right. Okay. So right. there needs to be an order of things. Right. If she's tough enough that, uh, and they don't have any kids, and she thinks that she can deal with with this abuse and it not affect her, but we know it does. Of course. Okay. It, it affects everybody. Right. Because abuse is wrong. It doesn't matter how spiritual he, he, he is or he isn't. Abuse is wrong. Right. It's wrong. And obviously, we could identify physical abuse a lot easier than emo- emotional abuse. Emotional abuse is hard to put your, your finger on. It's hard to, to see, is that what's happening here? Okay? Verbal abuse, we understand verbal abuse. Verbal abuse should never take place in a home. It doesn't matter if he's saved or unsaved, barely believing or a believer, because that tone could be changed in the home. Same thing, same standard, same personal boundaries that could be set. If you start yelling at me, I would probably look at you and smile and say, I'm not sure what home you're in, but in this home, we don't do this, okay? Now, if I'm if I'm yelling back at you, I've now created a culture in the home that says, this is how how I interact, how husband and wife interact in the Engel household. We we curse at each other and slam doors and 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 fuss and fight because we've created that culture in the home. Well, we've both done it, and if, therefore we think that that's what the norm is. If you're is. that way towards me, I would suggest that you go take a walk, or you right. go, you, you you can you can leave for a while until you can come back and yeah and and act like an adult, conduct yourself like an adult. Right. I mean, it goes back to having that emotional self control. That no, we are not going to conduct ourselves like that. So if one party is doing it, you have to ask yourself. Is this something that I participated in in the beginning? Because I have a hard time thinking that um, when couples were dating, of verbal abuse was going on. Do you understand? Right. It's just like, that sounds absurd. Well. You know, he takes you out to dinner and then he starts cursing at you as you're reading the menu. You'd be out of that date so fast. But here's the deal. He gets away with whatever he can get away right. with. Right. And, and, you know, along those lines, well, I'll just tell you a quick story. When I was in sixth grade, uh, our teacher didn't show up because of something at the beginning of the year. So they brought up a first grade teacher to be our sixth grade teacher. And so as sixth graders, we're thinking, hey, we're going we're gonna to test this gal. We're going to see what we can get away with. And, and frankly, and I, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, but 
We were horrible to her. We were horrible. And we ruled her because she led us. Right. There was a time that I got up as a sixth grader. I threw my desk over and I walked out the front door. And I wandered around the school ground for about an hour. Okay. Now You're such a compliant child. Okay. But I'm just telling you. And I walked back in. I just said, well, I'm bored out here. I'm out, and I figured, you know, they'd send the principal or someone to find me. I walked back in. My desk was picked up and all my stuff was put back in the desk. And I sat down and she didn't say a word. And I knew I owned this gal. Right. I could do whatever I wanted. Now, frankly... She should she should have had had someone throw me in sixth grade jail or whatever she, you know she could do. She should have left my desk there and made me pick it up mm-hmm. and, and have the whole the whole class circle around watch me do it. Right. I mean, I should have been humiliated for that. I should have been uh, there should have been standards. But well, there should have been a, a a form of consequence for your negative behavior. Absolutely, and and unfortunately, and I wouldn't have done it again. Right. And unfortunately, in in a lot of marriages, they don't have that. They haven't. I mean, ultimate, ultimately, God will bring consequences. But just like when you're running a family, if our children were off, you know, acting completely ridiculous, you know, they're 16 and 18 now. If they were acting like as three year olds, they would re- receive some consequences. But in marriage, the wife, I think, often feels like, I can't bring a consequence. What is the consequence? What is, how is there accountability? Okay. That's where the waters get really murky for the wife because she's not the head of the home. She's not the authority. But she's always got to remember who, that she belongs to God first. And therefore, you have to have personal boundaries. Now, if you're a young wife listening to this or a young married couple listening to this, you guys better be sitting down today crafting up some personal boundaries today. So five, 10 years from now, when life gets harder and the kids come along, you guys know that, hey, we're not going to conduct ourselves in this manner. Well, and here's the other side of that is if she lets this go on, she's teaching her children how to be abused right. as well. And her kids when, in this situation are grown, but still. Right. But but there's more than just her to consider. Right. Well, and there there's the gospel message. It's being misaligned because, you know, he's professing to be a believer, but he's not acting like one, it, you know? Well, and this, you know, we hear that garbage all the time. Right. Oh, my husband's a believer. What? Because he says it? Because he says, I love Jesus? Because he owns a Bible? Big stinking deal, okay? That that does not make you a believer. Right. Okay? The Bible talks about that uh, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that God raised him from the dead, and that Jesus is Lord. Now, now the real key there is that lordship. Not lord over everything else, lord of your life. And you can look at someone and you can say, Obviously, Jesus is not the Lord of your life. He's not driving your car. Well, and it's a simple premise. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Okay? This man's not doing that. That's very easy to filter your life through just those few scriptures right there. And for a wife in this situation, her her marriage is going to get way worse before it gets better. Because he's going to fight tooth and nail to remain his own Messiah. And she's going to feel horrible the longer she allows herself to get treated that way. Well, she's lost her own sense of who she is and probably her own her own self-respect. Right. So, 
And and maybe he maybe he does say, okay, I'll change. Okay, because they normally do. They normally do, but then they go right back to their old ways. Well, they go back to their old ways because they're trying to change in their own strength. Okay, for one, just like when you have a child and you're telling a child don't do it and then they, they don't do that one time, but then they go right back to it. That it's just like consistency is key. She can't take the bait and just relax and then, you know, let him get away with it again the next time because he's going to go right back to his old ways. That's why she has to hold fast to those standards. Right. She cannot relax those standards at all. No. And by the way, uh, you can have those standards and if he doesn't come close to those standards, it's not a big deal. But if he does, you better hold fast to those. Well, I mean, she's got some decisions to make. She shouldn't be living in fear. She shouldn't be feeling like she's a doormat. Those things are not of Christ. Because I think she asked at the end, um, how do I know what God wants for me? Okay. Something along those lines. Well, he he doesn't want you as a doormat. Sure. Uh, I mean, I would just ask this simple question. Without her knowing anything about the Bible, I would say, does God want you abused? Well, and she had said, I'm not sure that that's what's taking place because you've got to be mindful of okay. the fact that this is all she knows. Okay, so let me make it clear. You're being abused. Well, okay. Well, yes, yes. Her friends are even saying it. But this is a gal who, this is all she knows. It's kind of like a child who grew up in a home that was an abusive I, home. I understand. And that's all they knew. That, that Then they get out and I they understand. see. So, so based on what you're saying, the way you set that standard is by going back to the Bible. If you know your Bible and you know what the Bible teaches, then you'll be able to to set that standard whether you were raised that way or not. Because obviously, you came out of a family that uh, was far from what the Bible taught. Oh, right, right. And, and you certainly overcame that. Why and how? I read my Bible. You I re- read it and I read it and I read it. And there were many, many, many days, weeks, and months that I didn't even understand it when I was alone and by myself. You know, this is before you and I, you and I got started dating, um, but I just kept reading it. And it was interesting because I wouldn't have even known how the Holy Spirit would speak to you, okay? Like how he speaks to his kids. Because the Bible doesn't exactly have a chapter on three different ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to you, okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. So, and I was by myself. And you don't necessarily have a teaching on a Sunday morning on, you know, the 10 steps to how to hear God's voice, okay? How to hear the Holy Spirit. How do you know it's his voice? So it took me a long time to figure out, oh, that 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 prodding that I keep hearing over and over. Well, and, and here's an easy way to hear God's voice. Keep hearing it by reading your Bible. You start there. The more that you read it, the more you hear it, and it'll start to click. Right. Yeah. You you start there. I can remember when you and I were maybe engaged, and maybe we somehow, somehow maybe we heard of someone who had an affair, and maybe they were Christians, some, something like that came up. And I remember saying to you, there ain't no way, no way <laughs> I would be staying in this this upcoming marriage, if you went outside of our marriage bed. Absolutely. Okay, now... And there's... You know what? That makes a difference, okay? When... Uh, I do know that it's wrong. Right. Obviously. Right. But when, on top of that, I know that there's no way I could get away with that. That is just a, an extra... I don't know. I'd say cement on the wall to keep me from going ahead and doing that. So... 
Uh, I understand that uh, those standards make a huge, huge difference. Uh, I know that uh, when I was younger, uh, other, other, what do I want to say? Consequences. They kept me from doing things that, uh, that I obviously wanted to do, but I thought if I did that, I'm going to get caught and it's going to be bad. Well, accountability is a good thing, whether it was comes from setting boundaries and having standards. You're saying you, you know, to the other person, I expect you to treat me this way. And there's nothing wrong with having those boundaries. Right, right. So I, I think that uh, every wife needs to look at herself and say, do I have my own personal boundaries? And if I do... Let me let me ask myself if I hold a double standard, okay? It's not okay for me to say, you need to treat me in a kind and loving and respectful way, but I don't treat you the same. Do you understand? Because every wife wants their husband to treat them in a kind, loving, and respectful way. Right. Every wife wants right. that, okay? And they're, you know, the, women are cheering right now saying, yes, you know, personal boundaries, we need to have that because I'm not a doormat. But then do they hold a double standard? Do they then say, well, I'm not going to treat my husband in a kind, loving and respectful way? Well, and that doesn't mean that if you have standards, you're not, that doesn't mean that you're nasty, okay? Right. Because uh, a lot of women think, well, I could just be as nasty as I want to because those are my standards. No, you can be, you can have strong standards and still show love and still res- be respectful. Right. You know, it's it's okay to disagree with someone. It's okay to say, don't treat me this way, but you do it in a respectful way. Well, and I would say for any anyone who's listening who is not married yet, if you lay the groundwork right up front, say, look, these things are not acceptable. Right. Uh, that will go a long way towards a great marriage. And for those that are married today who have allowed some form of an emotional abuse to come in, whether it's emotional, verbal, or spiritual, you you have to say, okay, we, we need to change these things, okay? Because this is not okay. And they have to examine themselves and say, I can't ask my spouse to change for the better if I'm not willing to be on board as well. Right. Okay, so that that's really key there. But in this gal's case, certainly I would go to the church and let them know, hey, I've got this this situation that has been taking place my entire marriage. I didn't know that this wasn't right. Um, I've sought counsel from my friends, and here's where I'm at. And I'm now going to, you know, establish these boundaries in the home, and hopefully my husband would be respectful of them. And they, and you know what? I'd have to say they have to be boundaries with the Lord. Right. They, because you could just take this nasty attitude of like, no one's going to push me around anymore. I'm not going to take it. I'm, you know, but it's got to be within the Lord rather than. Well, there's a, there should be a meekness there. Jesus was meek and humble. Okay. okay. We should, we should come into this. Now I'd, I'd have to go like run so, a few miles before I could come back. Meek. So let's define <laughs> okay. meekness. Meek. Being meek is strength under, under control. Yes. Yes. It's not weakness. People think that meek means weak. No. No, it means strength under control. And for a person to be meek, they are a very strong person because it's one thing to just be strong. It's another thing to be emotionally self-controlled in your situation when you're just ready to explode, but you're, you're keeping it under control and you're coming to the person in a spirit of humility. Jesus is meek and humble. Okay. There's nothing weak about him. 
So if you can learn to imitate Christ in that moment when you're coming to your husband and you're you're saying, you know, these these things need to change, okay? I'm willing to, um, you know, apologize for the things that I've done because we don't walk perfect. Right. Okay? But this sounds like a, a self-centered man who has had no accountability and who's very unrepentant. And it's really great for him that he could claim, you know, I'm a Christian all day long, but have no accountability. Okay. So Time's up. Things are going to change. Right. Right. So those are my thoughts. They're great thoughts as usual. I'm Jolene Engel at JoleneEngel.com. I'm Eric Engel. You can find me at EricAndJolene.com. Until next time.